0: Welcome to the build up on balls.ie in association with Labbrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunluhi.net for further information.
1: So, we're delighted to be joined by Stephen Ferris. Stephen, on Saturday evening, with about 20 minutes to go in Murrayfield, it wasn't looking like this podcast was going to be uh, too much of a celebrating one for two Ulster fans, but what a turnaround.
0: Yeah, what a turnaround. I'm not sure if it was brilliance by Ulster or uh, a capitulation by, by Edinburgh. Very rare do you see a team actually freeze, you know, when they're put under pressure. And I think Edinburgh, that definitely happened to them. Like Gilchrist giving away two really soft uh, penalties. That gave Ulster the impetus to get into their 22, to get that uh, mall try and to give themselves hope. And I've been saying all week to people who, you know, don't follow the rugby on a regular basis, who are are more or less just tuning in for these finals uh, because, you know, there is silverware at the end of it. It's being like in a football match, and you're two 0 down. And as soon as you go two one, like the the team that's you know two 0 up at the time, it's almost like they go into defensive mode. And the team that's just scored, they empty their bench and they bring all the energy and they bring the belief. And I, I'm I'm sure there's I don't know the stats, but I'm sure there's a lot of stats out there that would would say if you get the two one. That you know, there's maybe 30%, 20 or 30% that they actually get the 2-2, and that for me, that's exactly what happened in this in, in the the Ulster Edinburgh game. As soon as they scored, it was mistake after mistake from Edinburgh. Ulster got their tails up. They were counter-attacking, uh, counter-attacking, and they looked like the team. If it had went the extra time and Ian had Madigan hadn't been able to kick that kick, that they would have won the game. It did not look at all like like Edinburgh would win the game. So, yeah, it was bananas. Like, um, a 12-point lead is always dangerous. It's, you know, if Edinburgh had got the 15, I would have bet my house on, on them winning that game. But that's not the case. And fair play to Ulster. They showed great character. Um, I think the team selection really paid off for Dan McFarland. the way he went about things, the experience coming on at the end of the game. And it's going to be very interesting, Mark, to see what team selection is this week, considering you have Jack McGrath, you have other lads that used to wear a Leinster jersey, who I'm sure are gunning to start that match, um, um, Marty Moore as well in the front row. So yeah, it's it's going to be a brilliant week.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, we look at team selection, when you think about it, you know, we've talked at length before about the strength and depth in Leinster, but... I don't know if there's anyone come off the Ulster bench last weekend who didn't make an impact, a positive impact. So it's a lot of, not just uh, with the lens slides, but a lot of good headaches for McFarland going into this game.
0: Yeah, and that's something that he hasn't had previously. Like, you know, young Michael Larry coming on, and he was excellent in, uh, in the fullback position. Now, Edinburgh didn't test him under the high ball really at all. And if you're playing with Rob Little and Michael Larry in your team, you know, they're two. They're um, reasonably small men in terms of their height. So you would expect Leinster to bombard them with, with aerial bombs. But in saying that, Dan McFarland strikes me as being a little bit ruthless. So, you know, if Geordie Murphy didn't cut it last week and Sean Reedy come on and played really well, but he wants to keep Matty Ray there for the balance of the back row with the line out and everything, that wouldn't surprise me if, if, if he put, Really, if he started really ahead of Geordie, um, because really was fantastic, or you keep the same with the lads on the bench, so it's brilliant that he has those options. I think he will change it ever so slightly this week. I think, um, if you're getting into this final with a lot of inexperience starting, that that could maybe backfire, and, and by the time you bring on the more experienced players, the game might already have uh, been and gone. So uh, I'm, I'm expecting a few changes. And if I was Jack McGrath, if I was Marty Murr, Jordy Murphy, um, John Cooney now, even though Albie Matheson's yeah. playing fantastically well, I would be banging the door of Dan McFarland saying, let me play this game. Let me start this game. Let me start this game. So um, yeah, good headaches.
1: Yeah, definitely. And if you mentioned the cooney and dynamic as well, it's like, yeah, matching is so well in command. Maybe that is the even though say there's an argument there that possibly he should be starting, that that kind of injection of pace, especially in probably it's the way you're going to get at Leinster. If they're going to have any way, if you look even you look at like say months compared to months of performance of the weekend against them, like they just kind of have to go, not all out guns blazing, but you know just give it, give it a go and try and actually get at this team play. Like the type of rugby probably that you see in the build up to Rob Littles try at the weekend.
0: That's easier said than done, though, Mark. Like, um, I, I, I'm, a lot of people have been saying, you know, you've got to take it to Leinster. You've you got to, you know, also need to play like they did in the last 20 minutes against Leinster from the first whistle. I'm like going, OK, well, if one of those balls doesn't go to hand in your own half and you do make a mistake, Leinster are the best team in probably world rugby for capitalising on those mistakes. So I think you've got to air a bit of caution as well. I think they got to retain possession more. John Cooney kicked away so much ball in the first half. A lot of those box kicks in his own half weren't particularly good. He got away with kicking a couple out on the full, or one out in the full anyway. Uh, and Frank Murphy actually brought it back, which he was lucky enough, and that was it would have been a great attacking uh, position for Edinburgh. So, yeah, like, would you say that the Kirk was out and, you know, they, they were taken off, or is there something underlying there? I've heard on different pods and uh, newspapers and that he, he was carrying a bit of a, bit of a niggle through lockdown. Um, John Cooney, who i talking about. So maybe he's just not getting the training done. Maybe he's just lacking a little bit of confidence. Louis Ludick, who got beaten a couple of times on the, on, on the wing, he didn't look right up to the pace. So Gilroy, he started the Connick game. He didn't do particularly well in that game. Does he deserve another opportunity? Uh, so yeah, it's it's one of those ones where I, I think it's brilliant that you ha- that we're now talking, Mark, about having uh, Albie Mathewson putting pressure on Cooney. We have um, Ian Madigan putting pressure on Burns. Um, so yeah, it, it hopefully will bring the best out of uh, the players that are starting at the weekend. That they know they got up their game, or else you know Dan McFarlane might make another few changes at time.
1: Yeah, and like. We're, we're... The, from the Leinster perspective, I mean, we've taught a lot about Ulster here. And you're, a lot of Leinster fans are probably going, like, why well, you got to give us our credit? But it's probably credit to them that, like, what else is there left to say? I mean, on Friday night, that was it's not a performance that uh, is going to live long in the memory, but it was one of those, that was like, if you want to play this kind of way, we'll just get the job done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. And, like, Lancer have averaged, what, 35 and a half points or 36 points per game so far this season in the Pro 14 and the last three games they haven't really been anywhere near that so yes they're still getting the job done but I feel if Ulster can score 15-18 points in this game that they'll be there or thereabouts Um, personally I don't feel that Ulster are going to win the game I feel that Lencer are just on a different pedestal from everybody else at the minute and I'm not sure too many people would disagree with that and probably apart from the 23-man the squad that's going to go down and try and beat them at the Aviva and all the management. <laughs> you that they with the dressing room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair say, you're not going to win. Um, I think it's just going by stats, going by previous uh, encounters, going by form um, over the season, going by form and results over the last couple of weeks. Like Mark, let's call it a spade of spade here. Ulster have played to their best potential for 20 minutes out of once 240 minutes, you know that's the reality of it. And Dan McFarlane will be t- telling his players if they can put in 60 or 70 minutes of where they were in that last 20 minutes against Edinburgh, their discipline, their set piece, their rolling ball, their defence, their pressure, then they're in with a shot of winning this game. So yeah, Leinster for me if maybe played uh, you know half of what they can, and, and Ulster obviously a lot below that. So, yeah, um, I can only see the result going one way and I hope I'm absolutely wrong.
1: (laughs) In terms of the handicap, just looking here on labrooks.com, it is uh, Ulster plus 10. Do you think they can beat the handicap?
0: Yeah, I think they can beat the handicap. Yeah, again, like the the bookies have got it spot on, haven't they really? Um, Yeah. I would, pro- I would probably go on, on the draw on the spread. That, that wouldn't be a bad. It's usually 25 to 1, the draw on spread.
1: It's exactly so 25 if, to 1. Uh, yeah.
0: 25 to 1. So if Leinster win by 10 points, um, you know, 10 quid and that, you can fairly rack it up. Uh, and they're, they're not far away. They're usually not far away. So, um, yeah, that would be an outside bet for me if I was putting a few quid on the match this weekend. Um, otherwise, I, I'll go with my, my Ulster team Uh, expect a big performance by them and try and get within that 10-point gap. However, it would not surprise me if Leinster turned it up and rattled through the gears and put 30 points. We all know what happened back in 2012, Mark. I was there. We beat Edinburgh in a semi-final the Aviva and we went out and got absolutely spanked uh, in Twickenham uh, a few weeks later and got beaten by over 40 points, a record score in a European Cup final. So uh, there's not too many lads in that dressing room experienced that if any or even in the management so fingers crossed it's not even brought up because I feel that they can put in a a much better showing than me and the team did back in 2012 when we played against Leinster in the final
1: yes definitely set up for an intriguing match thanks very much Stephen for taking the time to chat to us and we'll talk to you again soon no worries Mark cheers that's it from us today thanks to steven to kevin doyle and also to donnie for joining me on the show today and thank you for listening you can subscribe to the podcast by searching the build up on balls.e on all good podcast apps if you leave a rating and review while you're there it would mean an awful lot to us if you're having a bet over the weekend please do gamble responsibly you can visit Net for more information but until we chat to you next week mind yourself